Agents Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Chime. Chime offers an award-winning sales acceleration platform built for the real estate industry. Powered by artificial intelligence, Chime delivers the data insights agents and teams need to make the most out of the leads they already have and to get to a close faster. Through an expanding partner network, Chime's easy-to-use conversion platform also delivers quality sales-ready leads from the get-go. It eliminates time-consuming manual tasks and helps agents focus on what matters most, building their network, servicing clients, and growing the bottom line. To learn more about how Chime can help you, visit www.chime.me or call 833-682-4463. The hardest lead to convert, so they say, is the middle of funnel lead. If you don't know what that means, well, you're going to learn about it today, but you're all pretty familiar with a bottom of funnel. That's the Zillow lead. That's the lead where they're ready to buy. They're ready to talk to an agent. But the lead that's not ready to talk to an agent, that is the most challenging lead to convert. And that is why we're bringing this guest on today. He is a good friend. I've gotten to know this gentleman over the last few years and watched his business skyrocket, watched his brand evolve. He is the CMO, Chief Marketing Officer, I believe that stands for, of Better Homes and Gardens. That's You heard me right. Better Homes and Gardens still exists. Based out of Virginia Beach, he sells, his team sells over 900 units a year. Oh, and by the way, he's also the head realtor of re- in residence for Ylopo, and he's been doing that for several years, teaching agents how to do exactly what I just described. And oh, guess what? He just wrote a book called too nice for sales. And there's so many other things like accolades I could give this guy, Barry Jenkins, man, welcome to the show, dude. It's good to, good to connect. Thanks, man. You know, when I'm feeling sad and lonely, I think probably what I'm going to do is just replay that intro um, to make myself feel good about myself. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's well deserved my friend. And, and I will say, I'm going to plug this early and we'll probably plug it again. But too nice for sales.com. I spent some time there this morning and uh, it was actually really cool to see because, again, you and I have gotten to know each other through lab code agents, right? And, and both of us have kind of just, con- you know, we were, we were, we were kissing each other's butt before we went live here and talking about, you know, congratulations, congratulations, right? Uh, but it's true, right? You have what you've done and what I've watched you do because you and I have done several interviews over the years. And man, dude you're kicking some serious ass. So I'm, I'm proud of you and, and I'm glad to do this with you. But let's start here, Barry. First, let's just assume not everybody knows you. Uh, not everybody's a part of Ylopo because if they are, they, they damn near know who you are. But for those that don't, why don't you give a little quick background about who you are? Yeah, yeah, no, thanks. So uh, I started in the business when I was 18. I'm 41. So this is all I've ever done. Um, and uh, I... Um, uh, first 10 years struggled a lot. First year in the business didn't sell anything. Uh, and then finally figured some things out. 2011, I sold 125 homes by myself. Uh, no staff. I was miserable. Um, uh, then I just created a team. I reverse engineered my success. Did really well. Uh, did two, 300 units a year for a few years. And then uh, around 2016, 2017, I jumped on with Ylopo. My team did really well, really quickly. So they hired me. Um, and so now I I work full time at Ylopo, um, and I come up with all the cool ideas for marketing. And I, I don't come up with all the cool ideas, but a lot of the cool ideas 
and then we test them on my team. So it's very symbiotic. And so for the last five years, I've been doing all the training content and the teaching and all that stuff. And so I took what I've been helping Ylopo users um, with for the last several years, and I turned it into a book. And um, and so now um, the the Kindle is live. The Audible will be out in a week, and the printed version. Um, I have a few. Uh, uh, you know, it'll be out. I think March sixth uh, will be the the date that you could actually buy from Amazon. And um, honestly, I don't have an agenda. Uh, I don't even know why I wrote the book, except for this one thing. I know that if you learn what I'm teaching, you will always have an abundance of sales. We've been tricked by a lot of the bottom of funnel, right? right? Like they, they created a demand for a certain type of lead, which is someone that wants to see a home. And we've learned to scale our business off of that demand. And as soon as we started to depend on them, the company said, all right, gotcha. We're going to figure out how to make more money from you. And they stopped selling us advertising, part as advertising. And they said, we're going to become a, a, either a competitor or a partner in the industry. I'm not mad at them for that, but I do know that if you're going to be successful in the next five to 10 years with online lead generation, you're going to have to learn how to talk to people that don't know what they want yet. And so that's kind of like, um, it's a passion of mine. And so, um, uh, you know, that's where I'm at. That's what I'm doing. That's uh, why two nights for sales.com came about. And um, like I said, I'm, I, you know, I don't even know why I'm doing it other than just to help folks uh, realize there's a lot more money out there than, than I think they think. I love it. Well, I mean, honestly, I'll tell you why. It's it's an evolution of 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 the success train. That's really what it is. And you know, you don't aspire to do a lot of the things that you know. If if you and I talked five to ten years ago and said this is what you'll be doing, fast forward five to ten years, we both would have looked at each other like you're an idiot, right? That, that that that's not what you do, right? But it just it just happens. And based on what you do, uh, because I'm so familiar with you, especially with Ylopo, that it, to me, it's a natural progression for you because you've been doing this and it just comes naturally to you. You clearly enjoy it. You're clearly awesome at it. And so um, there's there's my answer to uh, why you're doing it, <laughs> if, if you needed one. Oh, makes sense. So <laughs> I, I, I want to ask you a question because one of the things that you brought up to me uh, about well, another reason why you wrote the book or what kind of inspired you or, or what caused you to, to dig deep in, in changing your sales approach was how you learned how to sell, which was unethical. And this is your words. Um, and I, yeah. think, I think that is an epidemic in our yeah. industry, in any sales industry, because there's too many old hats. I call them used car salesmen that are teaching slimy yeah. sales techniques. So uh, describe right. what that means to you, what, uh, what unethical means and kind of how you shifted away. Yeah, so I uh, when I'm reading a book, if it's not stories, I have really I have a hard time getting engaged. And so the book is actually the last ten years of my life. And one of the stories to answer your question is when the market crashed. It starts with me uh, getting a, another job to support my family. Um, 2008 obliterated my income. I racked up sixty thousand dollars in credit card debt. And so here I am, like. I bought this like the most amazing parchment paper ever for my resume and bought like a faux fur, a faux leather uh, portfolio. I'm at this job fair, pushing my way through. Nobody wants to talk to me. I get hired by a steel building company. Don't know anything about steel, but I like to talk to people. And, uh, and so the steel company uh, sold $60,000 steel buildings over the phone. And that's a big purchase to make over the course of a phone call. And so they, they taught you how to create urgency through several methods. One of them was to say, 
hey, you know, we got some leftover parts or whatever, you know, here's a, you know, if I can get you in this ballpark, are you prepared to put a deposit down? And then we put them on hold. We listen to the person while we put them on hold. And then we would go get approval. And, you know, and so, you know, they justified it by saying, look, it's a really good building. Um, you know, the ends justify the means. And I'm not, look, I'm not trying to like say anything negative about them. For me personally, I went home and I just didn't feel good about myself, mm-hmm. but it worked. So then I left that industry, went to the insurance industry, and I was taught to call customers in the book of business and uh, say, hey, I want to get you, I want to save you some money. Looks like you're missing some discounts. Let's connect. And uh, I would get in front of them and then try to sell life insurance. Horrible. Convincing people they're going to die and you need to pay money to do it. It's such a, for me, it was miserable um, for a lot of reasons I talk about in the book. And it's an honest living. But for me, I was very unhappy. Big idea you know, creating urgency work and, uh, you know, lying about it uh, to create this storyline, it does work. And so I had a crisis moment of learning what worked and learning the way that I wanted to live my life. The result of that, like, crisis of faith and ethics and morals is the the foundation of the book. And what's come about is kind of hilarious, man. Um, You know how when you're at Target, and uh, you used to use paper coupons. I don't think anybody uses them anymore. But um, and you'd be in line, and you'd, you'd you'd see somebody buying what you had a coupon for, and you'd be stoked. You'd tap the guy and the girl on the shoulder. Hey, I'm not using this. You want this? And it feels good. You know, you're helping them. Yeah. That was me with a Zillow lien in 2011 and 2012, because they would tell me something really stupid. They would say, "I'm I'm waiting because of X Y Z reason." And instead of getting scared or even thinking I need to overcome the objection, I would just be really interested. Like, oh, yeah, okay, can you tell me more? Like, what? why are you doing that? Oh, I don't really know. I just figured I need to wait. Okay, so that's actually a really, you're making a mistake. And, and I would say that to them. And I'm not saying it to get the sale. I'm saying it because they're making a mistake. <laughs> so I cared so much about them. And I'm putting my own interests second. And I'm actually having an authentic conversation with them. The result is it got to the point where eight or nine out of 10 Zillow leads in 2011 were becoming some kind of appointment for me because nobody else was trying to actually help. Uh, They were, you know, we're nice people are typically very selfish. And what I mean by that is I think I don't want to bother them. I'm going to make them mad. and, And so it's actually my feeling of not wanting to bother someone that's motivating my decision-making instead of my desire to help people regardless of how they react to me being my motivation. So this is subtle. So let me repeat it again, because this is like really tricky stuff. Most nice people that don't want to lie and don't want to cheat and steal from people, the second they hear resistance, they're, they're focused on being nice instead of thinking, is this the right decision for this person? Are they making a mistake? And if they're making a mistake, having a two to three minute conversation that's uncomfortable and being so focused on the fact that this person needs my information, regardless of how they react to me. And so I did that at scale, man. I just I just started to really uh, get down to the nitty gritty with people and uh, come from a place of putting their interests above my own. And um, who knew? It crushed. It still crushes. And, um, and so teaching teaching nice people how to have these conversations, um, it's, it's, uh, it's really important because their niceness is causing them to 
um, be useless mm-hmm. really is what's happened. I think that message is going to resonate with so many in the industry and there's not enough people talking about it. You know, you, and here's the best way I would describe this because, you know, one of my wheelhouses is video. And I always tell people, you go to a, you go to a conference and you hear from Brad McCallum, you hear from Noel Nielsen, you hear from people doing it at such a level that you'll never get there. And it actually becomes so intimidating that, You'll never do anything, right? And so I tried right. to I tried to intentionally create a message that speaks to the masses, which is exactly sounds to me like what you've done because you go to a conference on sales and lead conversion, and it's a pushy type of 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 uh, execution. It's it's get them to buy now, right? And right. what you're saying is goes against all of those teachings. And, and I, what you're saying is, and, and I want, I'd like to get a, give an example, if you could, of because I know every agent listening to this has gone through this conversation of resistance. You mentioned resistance. Yeah. In other words, I'm not interested. And so I'm curious. And, and what you're saying is the nice people, the non, I, I would call them the non-natural salesy people, which is most right. of us. Uh, yeah. immediate, immediately just qu- either quit or retreat, right? And that's exactly kind of right. how you said it. So when you, when you say that, when, when you say they, they provide resistance, give me, give me some examples of what somebody, what's a common objection to you calling a lead and them showing no interest? Yeah, uh, you call them and uh, they say, I'm going to wait a year. Or they say, I'm not really interested. I'm just browsing. Now, the person that's searching on Google doesn't know what they want yet. So when, they, when you pick up the phone and you call them or you text them and email them, their internal, they think when they figure all the details out and it's time, and I'm going to use this phrase on purpose, it's time to order the door to be opened, then they're going to call you. Yes, please open the door at 123 Smith Street this weekend. They don't say it that way. I'm using that phraseology to illustrate a point. They think you're the door opener. And so when, when they say they're not interested or they say they're waiting a year, they're not actually turning you down. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of your value in that moment. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys the farm right now, right? If you just learn this, you're going to be better off in your business. Number one, no matter what their reason or AKA objection is for not using you, I want you to make it the best news you've heard all day. What most of you are doing is you're being nice and you're responding to bad news. They say they're waiting here. It's okay. I'll still help. It's obvious that you're being nice with bad news. The opposite of this would be, okay, so that's amazing. You're planning things a year ahead. I don't know what I'm having for dinner tonight. Can you please, for a moment, let's sidebar the real estate discussion. How do you plan something a year ahead? Like, what does that look like for you? Crickets, they never have a plan. In fact, a recent study said in 92% of all New Year's resolutions fail by January 28th, mm-hmm. right? Nobody, our society doesn't plan ahead. Not really thrilled about that, but that's just the reality. So in this instance, you know, I, I, I ask, I'm, I'm giving them really good news. I'm complimenting them. Um, I'm just browsing. Oh, I love looking. And my wife and I just bought a house. We still look. And then I need you to act like they need you. Let me say that again. Make them feel amazing about their objection. And they don't know that they need you, but I need you to act like they need you. And the way you're going to do that is you're going to ask really good questions. The greatest philosophers of all time, you think Socrates, Jesus, like all these like 
incredible teachers all used questions to teach the prospect or the prospective student. It's called the Socratic method of teaching. There's a chapter on it in the book. So what I need to do is I need to be a therapist of sorts. If you've ever been to therapy, they ask you, they beat you to to death with questions and you leave feeling amazing because you you become self-aware. So instead of saying to the person, so, you know, you say, oh, that's amazing. Um, You know, I love looking too. Hey, John, I know you're not ready, but whenever you decide to move, what are you hoping to change about where you live? So this would be the question I ask instead of what kind of home do you want? Because if I ask a person that doesn't know what they want yet, what kind of home they want, I'm asking them a question they can't answer. As soon as I ask them a question they can't answer, I have just confirmed in their mind, I'm not the right person to be talking mm-hmm. to right now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm running them away by asking the same question that works with the bottom of funnel prospect. Bottom of funnel prospects love being asked, are you pre-approved? They love being asked when you want to move or what kind of home, because they figured all that out. Middle of funnel is like, no, 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 no. I don't know. That's why I don't want to talk to you yet. But when you ask them to complain about where they live, they love it. Because now they're realizing along with you, like, yeah, you know what? I don't have a yard. And, and I hate that. I want a yard. Now I have a moment to be authentic. Instead of becoming fake friends, oh, you live in the area long? Where do you grocery shop? Oh, our kids go to the same school. Like total lame, non-authentic connections to build rapport. Now they tell me they want a big backyard. Yep, I like big backyards too, man. I got lots of kids, lots of babies. I got dogs. What are you, you going to use your backyard for? Now they know I'm a dad, right? They know I'm a pet owner. They know I love outdoors and gardening. Now they're going to share. So now I'm building authentic reports. And there's a whole bunch more questions like that. There's, um, you know, uh, instead of asking, do you have an agent already? We ask, have you had the opportunity to look at homes with another agent? So you're getting to the same place, but you're asking questions that teach the person how to think, teach them, uh, you know, how they should be viewing the process and exposing what they really think about it. And then that gives you an opportunity to connect. Now, when you're asking these questions, again, I'm giving you guys the the keys to the kingdom here. When you're asking these questions, you're going to surface fear, no planning, poor planning, um, ignorance. And that's your moment. As soon as you hear something stupid from them, you know, most times you're not going to say that's stupid. I I have done that before, but most times you're not going to say that's stupid. You're going to say something along the lines of, hey, in my professional opinion, based on what I've just heard you, I think you're making a mistake. And let me tell you why. As soon as they listen to you, you've now become valuable to them. If you flesh this out, this new fundamental shift in the conversation where now you're teaching them and they become your student in this four-minute conversation, what happens is they're going to continue to lean on you. And instead of waiting for a year and calling them every month, asking, are you ready yet, right? I'm going to actually empower them, fill in the gaps. Now this year-long nurture lead from Google is now closing in 90 days. And it's not because you forced them to. It's because they did want to buy, but I just made it super easy for them. This scales really well because nobody else in my market is fishing in this, quote, pond. Everybody else is looking for the same lead. I'm over here in no man's land crushing it because I'm involved with the prospect and uh, and I'm not waiting for them to get ready. I could keep going, but I don't want to dominate this man. Like, you know, I want to pause for a second. (laughs) No, dude. I mean, this is it's brilliance. And no, this is all about you and you teaching. So I'm I'm actually learning. Uh, and I was thinking to myself about even going back and listening to some of those examples that you gave, 
when you have that conversation, because it was just a, a, a minor tweak in how you say something and, and what our instinct is. Uh, I, here's one question I have for you, because clearly this is, is it takes practice, right? And I think yeah. it, it's, I'll use the video analogy again. I can tell you till you're blue in the face, don't start your video with, hey, guys, don't start your video with happy Thursday. But all, you all of a sudden you push record and it just vomits out of your mouth. And you're like, oh, damn it. I screwed up again. Uh, same thing with a lead. You get resistance. And then all of a sudden this like this, this just reaction just vomits out of your mouth. So how would you teach someone to change that cadence and, and to just stay calm? practice, have your scripts ready. Like, how do you, how do you prepare for this? Because clearly you didn't come out of the womb in the real estate world and just start doing this. So how do you train yourself as an agent to be better and be more eloquent to respond the way you're teaching them to do? Well, before I answer that, you're, I don't remember where I saw it, but there was a moment where you were teaching, don't start your videos with, Hey guys. And ever since then, I haven't done it. So thank you for that. Um, uh, and, um, look, when you're talking to a stranger about real estate or a lead, uh, you're, you're nervous. And so the part of your brain that you're using is fight or flight, which pulls from your instincts and your instincts. You can understand what I'm saying in your head, right? I'm pointing to my head for those listening, but it doesn't impact your instincts yet. And, uh, and so there's a few ways to counteract this, um, First of all, understand that knowing, knowing something in your head doesn't mean that it's instinctively how you're going to react. And that's okay. That's called being normal. Um, second, I created a, a course where I go through each chapter. Uh, and I did that because I know that people aren't going to just read the book and suddenly master this. Um, but I think the thing that's helped my agents the most with this new way of selling is we actually print out the questions. <clears throat> so um, I, they know that when they get on the phone, they're going to make the prospect feel amazing about their objection. But transitioning into question asking wasn't natural for them. And so if you listen to some of my new agents in the recordings, it's hilarious for two reasons. One, because it's horrible. And two, because it still worked. And you'll listen and they'll prospect to say, oh, I'm just browsing. And, and you'll hear the agent stutter a little bit and say, oh, yeah, I, I love browsing, too. <laughs> and then you'll, you can tell they're reading. And they go, uh, so, John, uh, w let me ask you, what, uh, when you move, what are you hoping to change about where you live right now? And uh, it's, it sounds so bad because they're, re they're, they're willing themselves to do this and they don't want to. And then the prospect answers the question, well, uh, Barry, I, you know, I really want to change my kitchen setup. And after that, after that shift where the person is giving the person, the agent something to work with, it gets better and goes on from there. And then eventually the questions become natural. This is actually why I think questions are the key to this type of selling, because I don't know, man, like, first of all, I've got a bad memory. Second of all, the script, they never, the prospect never fits into the box of the script. It always goes sideways. So it just seems like a waste of time to memorize a conversation that's not going to happen anyway. Um, so big idea, uh, practice, uh, you know, that's why I did the course, uh, the book, um, uh, not just my book, but any information on sales, sales skills. 
And then I would say, print out the questions and will yourself to ask. And then eventually it becomes second nature because you're going to find people eat this stuff up. You know what you just said there, uh, which was another parallel to video. This was not intentional, folks. We did not plan this out. Um, was I always tell people, because I hear it all the time, is when I shoot a video, I just have to post it because I can't watch myself. And I say, wrong. You need to watch yourself because that's the only way you're going to get through. You know, you're going to learn how to overcome the ums and where you suck and how many times you say um and, and those sort of things. You just said, like, how many agents record themselves on these calls and then go back and listen? Like, that's so critical to your, you know, development. And I wonder how many yeah. people do that, the same thing with video. And, and so, do you, so for example, do, and this might be a very basic question, but I'm not, I'm going to, I'm not, I'm going to assume somebody doesn't know the answer to this. How do you, what do you even use to record yourself when you're doing this? Use an app? What do you do? Yeah, we actually use a follow-up boss and call action. Um, and we use the dialer for both in both platforms and in both platforms, uh, they record every call. Um, and so when they're dialing from follow-up boss, it records the call. And when they're dialing from call action or receiving a call, more than, more than likely they're receiving a call in call action, it records, call action records, it transcribes, and it also provides you with an instant um, talk to listen ratio. Um, and so the agent can know instantly, you know, who's talking more versus who's listening more. Um, and uh, I can't say we audit every call, but we audit a lot of them. Uh, they're great training opportunities. Yeah. I, I, and I can't emphasize that enough. So if you're a young, new, old agent and you're not doing what Barry just described, you're going to have a hell of a lot harder time developing and getting better. And that's you absolutely need to do this. It's going to be cringy. It's going to be hard. You're going to piss yourself off. But that's how you learn and that's how you get better because you hear yourself and then you, you develop it. Because, I mean, Barry, you're very eloquent in how you describe this stuff. Why? Because you've done it 10 million times. And, and so yeah. the only, the, that's the reality, right? The only way you can learn. What, 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 about, what about having a mentor? Because not everybody has a Barry Jenkins that they can, that they can call up and, and learn from. So let's just say, and it's, it's funny, I'm going to poke better homes just, and I'm completely neutral. I have no skin in any game. Um, you're good. You're but, good. But you said it yourself. You know, I'm not I'm not the cool guy. But but a lot of these brokerages, there's there's tons of agents in them with tons of experience. But there's also a ton of brokerages that are very old school, and and an agent may not have that person they can turn to. What's the best place that you would suggest to an agent who might be young in the business who doesn't feel like they have that person to learn from? Where do they go get help to improve these skills? You know, um, that's a great question, Jeff. Um, I, I wrote it in the in the book. I wrote a chapter on um, your environment and how to view opportunities because I think a lot of salespeople are. Um, They've, they've allowed their environment to color. You know, we call them rose-colored glasses, right? Like when I was like, when you're looking for a new car, suddenly you see that new car everywhere because your your yeah. your brain has trained your eyes to see that. And so if you're in an environment where everybody's complaining that the leads are horrible and that the, you know, the market's down, you, you are going to, uh, it is going to impact you. So when the prospect gives you an objection, you could approach it my way. I love it when the prospect says, I'm just looking. 
But if you come to it from a perspective of nobody's really serious and they say, oh, I'm just looking, same call, two completely different outcomes, right? And I don't want to get into story time, but Dale Carnegie talks about the two shoe salesmen that went, they, they go, both go to this section in Australia, same market, same product. One calls back and says, whoever sent me here, fire them. Nobody has any shoes. Then the other salesperson calls back and says, whoever sent me here, give them a raise. Nobody has any shoes. I'm going to get off the phone. By the way, send me another box because I'm going to sell out fast. Two completely different outcomes with the same exact environment. And so having a group of people that are going the direction that you want is key. And honestly, like these Facebook groups, I did not join LabCoats five years ago or however long to grow my brain. I was just pumped to talk to other agents about real estate and 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 it just came out. And so my advice actually is pretty simple. Go to these Facebook groups and join them, follow them, and then look at who's answering questions. People ask, who, who's annoying and who isn't? And start developing that community. Uh, and what you'll find is these masterminds they form. A lot of them are free, Zoom calls. Um, you know, is hiring a coach a good idea? I think that's a stupid question. I mean, let me rephrase it. Is hiring a teacher a good idea? Yeah, hiring a teacher, like what? what? <laughs> so anyway, um, I don't even know if I answered your question, but uh, hopefully I did. No, no, you did. No, you did. That was that was that was actually good. And and I I knew I I put you on the spot. You didn't expect that question, so I think you handled it well. I I appreciate that. So yeah. I, and we, we, you know, we have limited time today. And I think a lot of people that are going to be listening to this are probably going to say, damn, I wish I was connected to Barry and I could learn more, which I will get to at the end about how they can connect with you and, 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 and kind of get you know, somewhat in that circle. Uh, but I want to ask you, you know, we've talked a lot about just the conversion piece of this, and we all know that you're an expert at this. And to be an expert at this, it's not just how you handle it in the beginning. It's not just that nurture piece, but it's how you then stay with the lead because not every one of those middle of the funnel leads turn into a 90 day turn. Some of them are 12 right. months, some are 24. So, you know, give, give us what your strategy is, because again, you're engaging in a pool of leads where most people aren't swimming. And so you have a lot of opportunity, but you also have a lot of all over the board mixture of potential clients. So how do you handle that? Like what's, what's your strategy there? And then what, what can, what advice can you give? Yeah. Um, another great question. Uh, and, um, <clears throat> first your CRM should parse through, um, a lot of the noise. For my agents, their lists normally are composed of about 20 to 30 relationships. And so I'm sending the noise in other places. And then once connection is made in some capacity, then I hand it to my agents. And then they're managing these 20 to 30 relationships. So stop thinking about the 100 and let's focus on the 20 out of the 100 who are either responsive or behaving like they're interested. Okay, so now we've just shifted. And, and so instead of saying like, you know, sit at your dialer and call all of them for two hours a day. No, let's. I'd rather, if we're using 60 people as an example, instead of a, spending a minute per person and reaching 60 people in an hour, I would rather you spend three minutes per person and reach 20 people over 60 minutes. You're going to sell way more homes. You're gonna, it's going to be much more gratifying. So first, you got to make sure your CRM is quieting the noise and you're focused on the people that, de that deserve your attention. From there, look, hot leads, we, uh, we, we want to talk to them every week, warm leads every 21 days, cold every 45 days. Talking to someone every week, three weeks, or 45 days, 
and not being annoying is an art form. There's no doubt about it. It is much easier to be annoying than it is to be helpful. And so what my agents have done is they have a list of like four to five to six different value-based touches. They can use them in any way they want. But here's an example. Jeff, if you were a, a warm lead and you said you're waiting to get your new orders, you're in the military, uh, week three, I'm going to contact you and say, Jeff, I know you're not ready to move. Listen, I just saw this blog article. Um, it was on actually relocation. I didn't know if you wanted me to text it or email it to you. Oh, thanks, Barry. Yes. Can you text it? Yeah, no problem. No problem. Hey, well, I got you. How's, how's life? How's, how's the search and all that stuff? So it's, it's instead of the focus of the call being, have you found a house yet? The focus of the call is, I got this thing for you. By the way, while I'm here, let's talk about it. What you're going to find is it's an organic way to um, strike up the conversation. And let me say this. If you are calling people and saying anything to the effect of touching base, checking in, seeing how it's going, please, for all that is good and holy, stop. Let me rephrase what you're saying when you're doing that. Hi, Jeff. I'm calling to see if you're ready to tell me how to do my job yet. That's what you're doing. When you say touching base, you're waiting to be told what to do. And, and you have to flip it on its head. You have to be giving, you have to be the professional, and you have to be leading them. So instead of being a passenger in the car, in the bottom of funnel scenario, the, the driver is the, the buyer. They're telling me what they want. With middle of funnel, I'm driving, and I'm asking the prospect to come with me. And so stop saying touching base. All and say, I got this thing for you, wanted to chat with you about it. And if you have a list of six or seven things, it works really well. That's powerful, man. I love that. Um, your recommendation, you mentioned them earlier, your, your recommendation for the right CRM, um, are you married to who you use? What's your thought on that? Because I'm sure a lot of people have that question. You know, um, to me, the all-in-one in twenty. 20, what year is it? 2022 is what integrates the best with everything. So instead of asking which one has the best drip campaigns, I think you just need to start analyzing who is the most adaptive to your business and where you're going. And for me in my business, uh, follow-up boss has the ro most robust Zapier connection in the real estate industry. Nothing touches it. And so Zapier is my digital duct tape and I've connected it. I think I have like 500 Zaps automating my entire business I, because I focus on YLOPO full time. I can't micromanage my business. So I have robots doing it through Zapier and follow up boss. I love it. Follow up boss is the answer. So, okay, let's, let's wrap up. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that uh, would love to connect with you. And so they already know that uh, too nice for sales is your book and you guys need to go, you need to go purchase this uh, too nice for sales.com. Uh, but there's also uh, you've also got a training that you offer. You want to talk a little bit about uh, what that looks like? Yeah. And uh, for those of you watching the video, I just uh, my video turned off for a second because I want to get the phone number. So um, you can actually connect with me through my community number. It's uh, I'm going to give you the cell phone number. It's 757-780-1241. So that's 757-780-1241. Just text the word nice and uh, you'll get added to my community. Um, lots of different content. Um, honestly, I'm trying to figure out a way to do a lot of this for free, um, just because I know there's a lot of price gouging in this industry. Um, uh, it's not all free, but um, 
you know, the book is on Amazon, all that stuff. And the website's too nice for sales.com. You guys wonder why Tristan and I are such good friends with Barry is because you, you, you notice that we all think the same way. Like we want to give as much as we possibly can for free. But at the end of the day, there are some things that do cost money. And uh, if you want the, the, the best of the best, you're going to have to pay for it. But uh, Barry, you know, this is awesome. So again, I'm going to repeat that 757-780-1241. Text the word NICE, N-I-C-E, correct? Yeah, that's, that's right text the word nice, get into Barry's circle. There's not a lot of circles or funnels, if you will, that I would suggest you get into. This is one of them. Uh, I would absolutely get into this funnel. You know, Barry, last thing I will say, because this podcast episode will be coming out very soon. Um, There is a conference coming up in April. It is the Wailopo Conference. Uh, If somebody wanted to attend that, which uh, I I would highly recommend, correct me if I'm wrong, Barry, this is going to be a conference because I've seen the speaker list. It's, it, it looks to me like it's going to be very tactical. It's not going to be your typical speaker list of a bunch of high-level people just rah-rahing. It's going to be, hey, this is how we've executed. This is how we convert. Um, am, I, am I right about that? Is that what that conference is really going to consist of? Yeah, it's the Wailopo Summit. It's in Las Vegas, April um, 5th, 6th, and 7th. Um, if you Google... Y-L-O-P-O and the word summit, um, the number one hit there on Google would be uh, the link. It'll be in the Aria, which I've never been to Vegas, believe it or not, but I hear the Aria is like one of the nicer yeah. ones. Like you don't have a lot of weird smells and stuff like that, like some of the casinos. <laughs> and um, day one is boot camp. That's computer screens open. Um, that's me and Gabe Cordova, uh, formerly from Firepoint, now one of the, the co-head and forgot what his title is, but he basically helps me manage the Realtor and Residence team. Um, and, uh, you know, showing you how to use the system, like, okay, click here, like that kind of stuff. And then there'll be breakouts for team leaders on recruiting and, uh, agents on scripts and how to handle buyer leads and all that stuff. They, and then day two of the event is called summit day one. Day three of the event is summit day two. And, um, you know, look, I'm not against a great party, but I don't have time to travel so that I can go to a great venue and enjoy a nice evening out with other realtors. It's just not where I'm at in my life right now. Um, and, uh, and so this is not that. Will you have a good time? I'm sure you will. This is where you go for three days and you leave and you learned a whole lot of stuff. We have been obsessed about this for six months. The content list, um, what we're providing, all that stuff. Um, you know, Jeff, there's a panel on video. If you're coming, we'd love to have you. <laughs> I'll just tell you right now, I know, I know you probably can't come, but, uh, you know, uh, we can talk about that offline, but, um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the summit's a, a big deal and, uh, we'd love to have everybody come out. It's awesome. That's awesome. There's a lot of opportunity here, folks, Barry. Uh, this has been spectacular again, a last one last thing about purchasing the book. Uh, you can order it on Amazon. Correct. You said it's still coming yep. as in terms of it, just describe that one last time and then we'll wrap up. Kindle's out right now. You know, we're still in February of 2022. So the Kindle's out right now. Um, the uh, Audible will be out in another week or so. Um, and then uh, the, I mean, it's already done, but Amazon has to approve it. And then the print is available on Amazon on March 6th. Um, and, uh, all, you know, if you go to twoniceforsales.com, there's a link to it, or you can just go on Amazon, type two nice for sales, and you'll see the book there. Love it. Barry Jenkins, 
you're my hero. I look forward to talking offline. <laughs> Thank you again, my friend. And uh, I hope everyone yeah, took a lot from this. Fun. Yeah. Have a great day. This episode of the Lab Code Agents podcast is brought to you by RedX, the complete real estate prospecting solution. RedX offers high quality lead data on expireds, for sale by owners, vacant rental property owners, pre foreclosures, and geo leads, the number one data source for neighborhood prospecting. You can also filter, organize, and call your leads inside Vortex, the all in one lead management platform, free with any lead subscription. With RedX, you get more than just phone numbers. You get all the tools you need to connect with more homeowners who are actively looking to sell. RedX is offering our listeners $150 off. Just go to redx.bz forward slash LCA. That's R-E-D-X dot B-Z forward slash LCA to sign up for RedX today. Lab Coat Agents Podcast.